want you to listen. Then what? Share it. The Melbourne Youth and Social Workers Group and the Knowledge on Tick podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Boonarong and Wurundjeri people, their elders past and present. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the land, her children and our families. We would like all of us to show respect for each other, Mother Nature and the creatures on the land and the sea. Hey everyone, the Melbourne Youth and Social Work Facebook group would like to welcome you to the Knowledge on Tick podcast. We are Josh and Nat and we will be your co-hosts for the potty. Knowledge on Tick is a podcast offering real-life conversations and insights every week with workers in the field covering a range of topics surrounding the youth and social work world. We are so grateful to have you here and happy listening. All right, welcome back to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. I am Josh. And I'm Nat. We're back, bitches. We're back. <laughs> back out of COVID. It's the rebirth. Season two is what we're calling yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, not the rebirth. <laughs> Season two. We are back. We're back. We we put our we put the podcast on hold for a pandemic. A pandemic. We Rude. we flirted with the idea of keeping it going and flirted with the restrictions. To be fair, we did flirt with the restrictions to the best of our capacity, but yeah. Big Daddy Dan put a stop to that during stage four. Yeah. So we tried our best. Um, we got very creative about how we recorded the podcast and where we recorded it. We recorded one at my house, one at your house, mm. um, at our friend's house on a yeah. weekend. Yeah. So, but we couldn't one keep it up. One in the cafe. Yeah, that's right. The cafe was actually closed. Yeah. Um, that was pre-stage four, actually. But they'd had to close half their restaurant because of the restrictions and they kindly let us use the other side of their restaurant. They did. Yeah. But we could not keep it up. So we put it on pause, um, but we're back. We're back now. How's it been for you? COVID or being back? Uh, I guess both. You know, we're sort of on the coming out of all of this ridiculousness now, which is good. Very true. Very true. Um, Look, I think... You and I had plenty of jokes about me wearing a tinfoil hat and, and my conspiracy theories and all of the, the rest of it. I think um, majority of COVID I coped pretty well um, and then stage four fucking sucked for me. Mm. Um, I moved house in the middle of a pandemic. I was a bit... Actually, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, if I'm honest, um, but, but, but silly. Um, Took your mind off things. Took Definitely took my mind off things. Um, but th- then that meant I was further away from family. So stage four impacted me spending time um, with my sister, my brother-in-law and my nephew, who I'm quite close with and, and would see sort of multiple times a week. Um, so, yeah, that I really struggled with. And the social connection for me, um, not being able to come into work um, and see the people that you normally spend, you know, thousands of hours a year with mm. to to not really seeing them or having independent conversations with them at all is quite hard. I think you and I didn't see each other for probably yeah, over. Yeah, a few months at least. Yeah. Talked, but not in the same. The water cooler conversations or the mm. crossing the hallway conversations is what they got referred to a lot, I feel like, during um, sort of reflective 
conversations we were having in that space with our teams and stuff that they're the things that you do miss hey yeah absolutely and I think even things like you know normally on a Wednesday after work we record the podcast we, mm. we weren't able to do that and for me you know I was working from home the work I do is pretty complex at the best of times um you know there was a, a stage there that my partner was like you have to go food shopping this Sunday <laughs> and I was like honestly I remember being like fucking want to go food shopping what does he mean and I that's one of my favorite chores is laundry and food shopping so he was like you haven't left the house in 30 days because I was working at home we weren't allowed to leave home and so for me that was a big realization of shit yeah I haven't and probably became a pretty pretty recluse recluse that's not a word just no day at the end of recluse recluse um yeah pretty disconnected pretty isolated so yeah stage four really got the better of me um mm. i think um but i had to work on that and put some things in place and instead of just being resentful and isolated at the world and particular dan particularly dan andrews um i sort of <laughs> pointed that in a more productive way and started doing things like investing my time in watching the hotel inquiry and and watching the sittings in parliament and um following the politics as it went which is is something that i used to do a bit more when i was younger um and studying not something that i do so much in my adult life really um but yeah it was sort of able to challenge the the crappy shitty way i was feeling and the, and the, i was just angry i guess um mm. and being able to channel that into something quite productive and learnt a lot along the way so that was a bit of a learning learning curve um but fucking stoked to be coming <laughs> out of it um still wear my tinfoil hat for a lot of it um not that I don't think COVID exists. I'm well aware that that exists. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for a new normal. I think we're sitting here recording and I can see people sitting over in the park. There's a dude riding his bike topless and I'm like, fuck yeah, summer's coming. Yeah. We get we get our lives back. Mm. What about you? Yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. We had, uh, so I've got two little ones and they were at home. For parts of it, they were not school age, so we weren't as impacted as much. We could still um, have them at daycare for parts and kinder for parts. Mm. Um, and my wife spent some time working from home, so we had that. Um, we also had the uh, um, we did some foster care for about six months during the lockdown mm. or like during COVID stuff as well. So that was interesting. We had three kids at home. Yeah. So it was bonkers, mm. but it was it probably worked well because we had the time. You know, we had the time to invest and, and that sort of thing. So it's, um, yeah, we learned heaps. It was certainly like an interesting an interesting time. Um, but it was funny that, you know, we often say, don't take work home with you. And it was literally forced upon us and, yeah. you know, had to think. It took me a long, it took me a long time to accept working from home and be comfortable. Mm. Um, and I think it, I got a desk in like July or August and we sort of started working from home like most of us sort of in March, April. Mm. Um, once I got that and I could get set up and I wasn't just working off my laptop, I had some screens and a keyboard, I felt more comfortable. Um, yeah. And then realized actually it's actually um, nice and my it's a nice spot that I sit has like windows and things like that. And my office uh, in my nine to five has no windows. It's like a box. Yeah. So I've um, really actually struggled to transition back, back to, work to work now. Um there's a lot of parts that I like about it. Obviously, like seeing you and other people we work with and being able to do the to podcast. Pardon me. I said I paid him to say that. A lot of money. <laughs> um, but I actually haven't worked in my office yet. Like I've done no, a couple of things. No, we've been sitting in a different room. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's because 
it's two reasons. One that I've been doing that is because I've enjoyed the social time with um, with you and other people in the office, and I wouldn't normally get that in 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 the office that I sit in, which is just an office for one person. Um, and it's because it has no natural light in there. Yeah. And I didn't really realize. Mm how it affected me beforehand and i think the novelty of having your own office was great i was like this is pretty cool yeah i'm from boss dog yeah vip vip come and sit down in my office but now i'm like Ugh. I've been, there was a while there where i just kept going into your office and using your office yeah it's great i don't mind i was actually pissed off because you took some of your kids paintings home yeah and i was like fuck you where's the decor <laughs> where's the, <laughs> how dare you not set this up for me to sit in and enjoy <laughs> but you're yeah. right i think even for me um one of the biggest things was I got a, I got a desk, mm, I want to say July as well, um, but pre that, so what's mm. that, March, April, May, June, July, I spent five months not working at an appropriate desk mm. um, would be the best way to say that. So I think even when I moved into my new place, got a desk and set up an office with natural light, with mm. my own space, with some of my IT from work, that made a massive difference. I think for me, it was really hard because I'm the biggest advocator for working from home. I actually, pre this, did it quite regularly. I would book a day, you know, um, within my fortnight for that to be my admin day. And and the nature of the work that we do, we have a drop-in space. So sometimes you are available for your full work day and sometimes you need to be removed from that to get shit done. Mm. Um, So I'm actually a big advocator for working from home. So the transition to work from home, I quite liked because I'm very productive at home. Um, But the... I, I didn't um, I didn't preempt um, human connection being mm. such a depleted thing in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm lucky I live with my partner. I'm not. I don't live alone. And I think even there was a lot of moments of realization for me to be. You know, ham- like I'd be like, oh, I don't know why the fuck I'm whinging. You know, Josh has got three kids at home. <laughs> you know, him and his partner have to. Him and his wife have to figure that out and work and do this. And you know, I'm really lucky. It's it's just me. Um, but it actually was for me to realize that's lonely. It's mm. lonely to be on your own all the time. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the bigger, the bigger thing for me and being like, it's okay just cause you don't have kids and people to take care of that you're struggling to work from home now. Yeah. Um, and I love one of the things that got put out by, I don't know who put it out, maybe like health department or de- yeah, any, like any of the number of services that would have tried to be supportive during the time, but they pretty, what the statement said was everybody's experience of COVID is different. Yeah. And I think that's super important. Like it's it's just, yeah, like you said, because you are uh, at home with your partner and, and don't have children and all that sort of stuff. And I had a bunch of kids at home and we were, you know, the house was hectic. Yeah. Doesn't mean that I had a worse time than you did mm. or any other circumstance, you know, swap it. Mm. Doesn't mean that it was uh, any better or worse. Um you know, than someone else's. So yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been crazy. Very mm. interesting, very interesting time. Um, but we're back now. We're doing the potty again. We're back. Um, I'm super excited. I feel like, I think I said to you, I feel like 2021 is like our year to kind of really just go for go for gold and, and really push the podcast and, and have some really interesting conversations with people. And yeah, it's and been great. I think. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It is. We'll manifest that for sure. But I think also like there's there's something nice in you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Mm. And it's a saying that people always say and it's such a throwaway comment. But I think even even for this, 
I remember it was like a Wednesday night being like, fuck, I don't know what to do with myself. Why do I feel so weird? And um, Pete said to me, well, because you'd be recording podcasts normally. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is nice because it, it like reinvigorated, not that I was like losing sort of um, the passion or the motivation to do the podcast, but it reinvigorated mm. the love for it. And yeah. even just sitting down and having really good fucking chats and banter with people and yeah. and meeting new people and yeah. hearing their experiences and things like that. So it's exciting. I think we're excited. I know you're excited. Well, I know I'm excited. Yeah. You're always excited. I'm excited. And I think I got I got two itchy feet like uh, through the break because we had agreed that we didn't want to do a podcast uh, or record audio podcasts over Zoom. Yeah. And that's probably something, you know, like if you're listening, you're like, why don't you guys just do something over Zoom? Yeah. I'll tell you why. We didn't, primarily, we didn't necessarily know how to do it. But <laughs> second to that is we didn't want to reduce the quality of the conversations with people. Yeah. And for us, it was about, let's just pencil it in for the future. Um, because we didn't want to, yeah, I guess, um, um, there's a word I'm looking for. Well, we wanted quality. And I think the other thing was that two things we were a part of the virtual world mm, anyway mm. And, and that was tricky enough oh you got a bad connection oh you're on mute well, yes. you know all of that a very good point the the quotes of 2020 mm. but uh, also the quality of some of those podcasts the sound quality sorry that some of the ones that we had seen it wasn't the best and i think something like that can really take away from the essence of a conversation you could be having the most amazing humbling raw conversation but if there's shitty audio mm. It just fucks it. Yeah. So I think for us, we didn't want to take away the organic authenticity of what we do sitting in the room and having a chat with somebody. Yeah. Um, were you going to say something else? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. But no, so I did. I got itchy feet and that's when we ended up running the No question, no Silly question sessions, mm. um, which uh, so I guess if you end up stumbling across the, across the podcast partway through, I mean, normally you listen to things in a chronological order. If you happen Not to be listening, like us, yeah. If you happen to be listening to this, the podcast is supported by and, and kind of a derivative of a Facebook group called Melbourne Youth Workers and Social Workers, and the concept being that that Nat and I are youth workers in in Melbourne, and we strive to interview people that work in that sector and that are from Melbourne. Um, and so we run some stuff in the group, which I thought were really cool. And I, you know, I've thanked, um, and I'll thank again the people that contributed to those because they're all voluntary. Mm. Um, so yeah, we covered off a bunch of different topics, um, different job roles, really, and giving people opportunity to learn about different job roles, especially if you're a student or, or new to the field. And ask live questions at the time. I think you know, there's probably I've done it before. Like I've been listening to a podcast, being like, "Ask this question." Yeah. Um, and you know, we probably do it and annoy people by not asking questions that they <laughs> want asked. But you know, it allowed that opportunity for people to have conversations with other people that they may never have connected with before, um, and to get sort of real info from workers. And it's not this sort of academic. Not That's that I'm right. saying our podcast is academic, but wasn't, you know, this academic lecture that they've watched online. It was, here's a resi worker, ask them the hard questions. They'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, or even for people that when we did the interview one, you mm. know, there was a person in there that had a job interview the next day. So he really got to get <laughs> some tips and tricks from that session. So I think it was exciting. Yeah. For people. And I think sometimes people do like the attachment to the social media because it's easier to sort of mm. jump on and. Yeah. So they were fun. That was really good. Filled <laughs> yeah. my filled my my need to kind of 
create those things during COVID. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't know where it's come from, but I'm enjoying doing this stuff. And so to put a pause on it kind of sucked, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Especially because we had so many people mm. um, or places or organisations sort of lined up. So I think, I think for us there was a, a moment of, fuck, we're going to miss opportunities here now yeah. too. Um, but a good learning process. Mm. And I think, I think even I learned something about myself even doing the online platform, like the difference of having your um, like face being on video as opposed to just talking into a mic is pretty anonymous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just things like that I think were a learning curve for everybody. But, mm. yeah, scratched the itch. Yeah, it did, definitely. Um, so in what we're calling season two, we've got five new questions for our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our very first episode between you and I, we discussed those set of questions and gave our answers. Mm. Um, so today we might do the same. We will revamp. We will. So the new five questions, and the first one is, what was your first ever job? <laughs> My first ever job was a girlfriend of mine. Her auntie owned a dog grooming business. Um, and so pre-14 and nine months, being able to get a legal job, um, did the old dodgy cash in hand. Um, so on a Saturday, we'd go down and work a couple of hours, get some cash. Um, I didn't obviously have a license at the time. Um, so it was handy to be able to get taken to work, um, in a dog groomer. The stupid part about that is that I'm allergic to dogs. So washing and grooming dogs as someone who's horrendously allergic to animals was ridiculous. So I'd leave every Saturday shift with some cash in my hand, but I'd be covered in hives. My eyes are closing over and my, my throat's all like rasping itchy and coffee. So it would, it would take me almost two days to recover after a shift. I love that you did that. How long did you do that for? Oh, maybe like a year. (laughs) (laughs) So I started doing that and then I obviously got my first real sort of part-time job at a supermarket like most people do. But yeah, for far too fucking long, that's for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah. Ridiculous. What you do when you're a kid for some cash, hey? Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And I I, I think the... um, Main selling point for me was getting to hang out with my best mate and work. Sure. And you, is it really work when you're hanging out with your best mate? Um, but, I mean, the antihistamines I had to take to preempt, but then also um, protect myself post-work probably took their toll on my body. Yeah. Just keep like an EpiPen on, like on your belt, you know, like just like in your leg. Oh. Just a touch, just a little bit. I should Like 10 mils, yeah, just drop a little, just like... Just a micro dose with some EpiPen. Just you like know what a I'm like when I've had too much coffee. Can you imagine if I took a fucking EpiPen every morning? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, it's so funny. I love I that you did that. Blow people like people would want to kill me. Probably yeah, it's pretty. There funny. was an ongoing joke when I was younger that if I ever got kidnapped, <laughs> that the kidnappers would return me because I'd chew their ear off. My sister used to say it all the time. My sister and my dad. And so I think me with an EpiPen would just be. Yeah. Yeah, Very, uh, I would, I would um, inflict homicidal tendencies on others. <laughs> I think. Oh, that's gold. What about you, Joshy? What was your first job? Video Easy. <gasps> yeah, it's funny because there's probably there's probably a lot of jobs that don't exist anymore, but I feel like they're jobs that like our parents did or our grandparents did. 
that got taken over by like a yeah I hundred percent know what you mean and if there's there's probably some younger people that wouldn't know <laughs> What's video what video easy was yeah I love that because video easy and blockbuster were probably our two main main mm. ones mm-hmm. a girlfriend of mine's just purchased it's horrendous a matching blockbusters tracksuit <laughs> and it's blue blue and yellow yep and it has blockbuster on the front it's horrendous she sent me a snapchat of it the other day I love that but there's people that that wouldn't know the love of yeah. going to video easy on a Friday night yep getting three new releases and some fucking popcorn yeah. and watching them 48 times before you had to return them on the Saturday. That's right. That's it. That's what I did. Uh, 14 and nine months, I was ready. Um, and it was it was in the crossover. I was there for the crossover between VHS and DVD. <gasps> yeah. I remember big still... Deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was weird because we would... We had VCR behind the, the counter that you would have to rewind videos in if they weren't rewound when they came back. Yeah. Like we're talking like it was right. It was back then, you know, like I'm not even that old. I'm 33. But um, yeah, so we did that. Uh, it was fucking nearly 20 years ago. That's weird. <laughs> That's super weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. And then yeah. we were there for DVDs. And I remember the DVDs came in and we only had like the new ones. Um, I remember asking like, do you have to rewind it? Like, what's the story? Yeah. Like it was really new. They had the locks on them. Do you remember the locks? You had to yes. like stamp them in the yes. thing and get the yes. lock off. Um, Were you, I, have, I have a question. Joyce Lawoz. <laughs> I hope that picked up. Um, were you the sort of... Because there was, there was two types of workers that worked at the video store. Yeah. There were the assholes that were like, you got late fees and sure. made you pay them. Or there were the cool guys that were like, don't worry about your late fees. Which uh, worker were you? I honestly don't... I actually... I don't remember, but I, you're jogging a memory and I feel like I remember like, yeah, dodging people's late fees or just, you know, like, cause it was just like a mm. DOS sort of computer system. You could just delete the seven and put like a one and save it. And it's just like, you charge them the $1 or. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was fun. I was always a job snob. Like I always said, like, I don't want to work in fast food. I don't want to work at a supermarket. I want, I want to work in cool jobs. All right. What right. were perceived to be cool jobs. Yeah. So. Yeah, I worked at a video store and then ended up doing like retail work and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's bizarre. Mm. But yeah, um, video easy. Video easy. I there like it. Yeah. I like that you call yourself a job snob. Um, here's a um, like a comparative thing for you. You were a job snob and you didn't want to work at fast food. I obviously did the dog wash thing and then inevitably uh, eventually got a um, job as a checkout chick um, at Richie's. But where I grew up, the options for you as a part-time worker were the local supermarket, which is Richie's, IGA, or the bakery. Mm. So you just couldn't afford to be a snob. No. Those, both those jobs are cool. I know the bakery you're talking about, the popular one. Yes. Yeah, so that would have been cool to work there. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I didn't get a job at the bakery. <laughs> Not popular enough. There's um, another story there. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, all right, so... If you were a WWE wrestler, mm-hmm. what would be your walkout song? Mm-hmm. This one's really hard for me because when you set this song, mm. I mean, this like question, sorry. Yeah. There's so many amazing songs that flood to my mind that I really like and artists and things, but just not appropriate walkout songs. Yes. Like, like I said before, Society by Eddie Vedder. I yeah. just, that's not an amp up song, is it? No. No. Um, so the song I would have to choose for my walkout song is New Flow by Big Brothers. Yeah. 
And I don't know if many people would know. You did instantly, and it was a hit when we were in school. Yeah. But I don't know if a lot of people would know that song. Yeah. Check it. So, I, yeah, and I think my song might not be super popular either. So, if you're playing along at home and you want to. Yeah. New Flow is spelled N-U yeah. space F-L-O-W. <laughs> um, and, and Big Brothers <laughs> is spelled big, obviously, but Brothers is B-R-O-V-A-Z. Of course. Um, but, yeah, that would be my... That would be my um, Walkout song. The reason I thought of that is like that comes on in the car for me driving to work sometimes and bloody hell do I do a live bloody concert of that. Yes. So I think like, that has to be my amp up as yeah. I walk out. How good were like those um, early 2000s or like what would that have been like sort of, it would have been like 2000, 2000 and like sort of the late to like around 2008 to 2010, like how good was that era for just like fucking words up and like. Let's yeah. just let's see what we can change. Yeah. Let's see what we can change the letters to and make it just a little bit ridiculous. Do you know what I think it was? <laughs> I think part of it was the fact that we were the generation that got mobile phones. Sure. Um, and text messages, like we were talking about before, had a, yeah. a limit. Yeah. So you had to abbreviate your words unless you wanted to be charged for two fucking text messages. Yeah. And 25 cents for a text message? No, you don't. Yeah, when so it was you... actually 25 cents too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember when um, Unlimited Text came out on a plan, it was like, fuck yeah, that's yeah. the best thing to happen. That's right. Um, but yeah, so you had to be logistical. So it was, you know, you changed words for letters, uh, sorry, for numbers, and you, you changed, you yeah. know, instead of spelling Y, W-H-Y, you just wrote Y. Why? Um, yeah. yeah, so I think you ha- I think that was a, an era of abbreviations. Big brothers. Big brothers. Getting it done. Below. Love it. And yours, Josh, what would your WWE walkout song be? So mine is um, a song called Coat, C-O-T-E, by a band called Carnival. Mm. So Carnival were... So the lead singer of Carnival is also the lead singer of Birds of Tokyo, which is probably a more famous band, um, more popular in terms of like popular music. I think... Because Birds of Tokyo could be played on the Fox. I just don't know yeah. if uh, Carnival. Carnival would be played on the Fox. No, they, not that they swear or anything. It's just no. that it's like a little bit more louder and sort of more in the hardcore scene yeah. side of, not not even the hardcore, anyone that listens to hardcore music would be like, they're not fucking part of the hardcore. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> um, but a little more hardcore, I suppose, um, than Birds of Tokyo. But yeah, they were, uh, they're just, yeah, they're cool Aussie band and like their songs and um, I've seen them play a few times and that one... This is one that's always got with me and I like that it, it has this sort of eerie part to it before yep. the, the heavy music sets in again. Mm. And Because uh, I'm visualising walking out the tunnel and everything, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was visually... And I'm like fist pumping, singing yeah. the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's me. That's the one. I love it. Mm. Um, I'm going to listen to yours on the way home after we record this. Just Yeah, just it's a good cause. one. Yeah, so if you're um, into it and you want to check it out, Carnival is actually spelled K A R. K A R N I V O O L. So while I was sort of making fun yeah. of the band you chose. Um, and then the story is that Coat, C O T E, stands for Center of the Earth. Yeah. But you'll listen to their music, and from my opinion, none of their music make, none of their lyrics actually make any sense. Um, I'm sure they make sense to old mate Kenny, the singer, but certainly not to me. Mm. Well. Ready for the next question? Yeah. Is Sorry. It, it's all, I wasn't sure if it was me or you. No, no. I'll ask. If you had to change careers, what would you do? Uh, I would I would become a barber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For the man that blow waves his beard every morning. I do. Mm. Yes. It's atrocious if you if you don't. 
Which is funny because you've said that to me before mm. and I've been like, oh, fucking whatever, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> but you actually put up a video the other day on I your did. personal Instagram of when people ask me why I blow away my beard, this is why. And it totally makes sense to me now. It's horrendous, isn't it? It's like everywhere. There's a lot going on. I would yeah. say it's chaos. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, chaos. Yeah, not yeah. horrendous, but yeah, chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do blow away my beard every every after a shower, mm. um, whether that be in the morning or the night time. Mm. I do. Yeah, but I've always liked... So what I've liked... Why the barber idea is um, is for a few reasons. One is that it's you you carry no caseload. You carry no work. It's, uh. it's a transaction. People pay you money. You cut their hair. Mm. Hopefully, you do a good job and they like it mm. and they leave. But there's like no real risk there. It's... Uh, it's a skill that you learn. I've always like I don't really have any skills like that I can do with my hands. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been envious of carpenters that they could take wood and build something with it. You mm. know, um, and I, I like the culture, the idea of um, of uh, of the, the barber shop that people come in and it's it's a it's an experience. You have conversations and interact with people and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and we touched on this beforehand and it's funny because when we both spoke about what we would say, we mm. put a social uh, t- uh, uh, twist on it. Lens, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, if if I was to do that, um, it would be about trying to incorporate young people into that process of maybe, you know, like um, like um, supporting to fund like an apprenticeship for a young person and then, and then sort of helping them get established and get a job and things. So I think no matter what, I, I feel like I would probably have to have a social impact angle yeah. on whatever it is I did. Mm. But that would be the one. Mm. What about you? Um, quite similar to you. Hairdresser? Um, <laughs> no, mate, I don't even wash my own hair. Um, no, I do. I do now. Um, you <laughs> No, I just meant that I got someone else to wash it. Paid for someone to wash it. Um, no, I my idea would probably stemmed off a conversation that my partner and I were having of what we would would do if we won the t- the, the tats lotto. Um, not that either of us brought tickets, so I mean, there's a step one there, and it's engaging. Um, but that potentially opening a cafe um, or a restaurant, um, and I just think that would be a fun vibe, like having a funky cafe. Like when I say that, I think like places in Bali, mm. you know, where it's a real chill sort of hangout space. I don't know if I'd do it in Melbourne. Maybe I'd have to move to like Queensland or something to do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, it would be with a social sort of lens in that I would employ vulnerable young people that struggle to get jobs other ways and support them through, you know, a traineeship, whether that's hospitality, patisserie, being a chef, whatever, being able to allow them to the space to come um, and have, yeah, the social enterprise to it. So it wouldn't be a for-profit cafe, but everything that you make would go back into something somehow. Um, yeah. Pr- really similar to um, like the homey concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice. Would be me. Um, but if I did something random, I'd buy a farm and just rescue all the animals. Yeah. Specifically Highland cows. Oh, yeah, super cute. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I just um, like to brush their hair. My wife likes those cows too. Yeah. I want one. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, I mean, you can. There's up in the Dandenongs and stuff, there's places that people have them. It's not like they're. Yeah. I my friends see, have too. I can see where and you're I'm going like, with this. I just want to go sit out there with the cows. Yeah. They're so cute. They are cute. Yeah, mm. I love that. Good good call. Yeah. Um. All right. Can you tell us about a time of work that you've made a mistake and what you've learned from it? Yeah, um, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, 
Mine is a situation that I took a young person I was working out, at uh, working out, working with <laughs> out um, on a rec activity. We went and did a high ropes course. Um, so sort of just like up in the trees, um, ropes sort of coursey vibe where you have to do little sort of in- intricate things and there's like netting and flying foxes and whatever else. So quite a fun sort of um, adrenaline based activity. Um, and the young person picked this particular course. I, I let them choose. Um, and when we got to the end, I swiftly started to realise <laughs> that the course that we were on required me to just jump off. Um, I don't know how high. I think it's 20 metres. Mm. Um, so you had to jump the 20 metres. And I'm, I'm just shit scared of heights. Um, so I'm happy to do it when I'm sort of roped in and there's a safety net. But you just literally have to jump off. Um, the mat at the bottom looked like something I used in PE in primary school. And I was like, that thing is not going to save me from any injury. Yeah. I'm going to die today. Um, and so in that moment, I was not the most appropriate youth worker. Um, I specifically remember saying to the client, I'm not your fucking worker right now. I need you to stop talking to me. I was like hugging the tree. There was tears in my eyes. I was hyperventilating. And we actually got the worker up there. Um, and so I was like, no, you need to get me off this course. I'm not jumping off that. Like I want to be let down slowly. And he was like, no. (laughs) Um, and so I think for me, the mistake was, I guess it's a blessing in disguise. I didn't say anything horrendously inappropriate to that client. And she actually ended up coaxing me off and I ended up jumping. And, um, she reflected that it was a really great experience for her to realize that, yeah, I might be her youth worker, but I'm also a human at the end of that. And there's Mm. still things that scare me and I'm not perfect. And, um, you know, she was laughing cause she's like, oh my God, you started to tear up and, and you were just like, fuck this. And, and you could, I could see you panicking. Mm. Um, and she said that was actually initially scary for me, but was actually, it was nice because I thought this, this is my turn to have her back. Mm. I'm going to get her to jump off. I'm going to do it. Mm. So she did it first. And then she sat, there's actually a video somewhere. I'll have to find it and show you Josh. <laughs> um, but she's sitting down on the ground and she's like, you can do it. I promise it wasn't that scary. And she's doing all of the words of encouragement and all of the good things. Um, and I got down to the bottom and I remember being so horrendously embarrassed for the way I behaved up mm. the top, but I was just so fucking scared. Um, I remember not even being able to like commute a conversation properly. I'm just swearing at the guy that worked there. I'm like, fuck off, I'm not jumping. <laughs> I was getting so upset. Um, so yeah, I think what I learned from that is, cause I'm quite, um, I think what, sorry, I had a moment then that I'd lost my train of thought, but I think what I learned from that is that it, it's okay to, to still be a human in your job and it, we're all humans at the end of it. And it's also, I think there's something really special that um, changed in the rapport I had with that young person after that event. Um, she, you know, had her own complexities and her own traumas and um, that allowed her to open up to me and what she acknowledged that, you know, it's easier because we all have our faults. Mm. Um, and for you, it was that. And um, I ended up, there was actually multiple wrecks that her and I ended up going on, including a camp where similar things happened. But I learnt to sit in the shit Mm. and be scared and it's okay to be scared in front of your clients because you're still a human but you also still have to there's a there's an appropriate way to be in this situation Mm. as well so I think for me I grew from that 
to be uncomfortable but keep my head in situations and that was a really big experience for me um and I think something that you're gonna there's gonna be situations for the rest of my career in which that I'm scared um but being able to keep a level head in those moments was massive Mm. for me and something that I even notice now because I can feel myself in certain situations maybe getting a bit heightened and feeling a bit overwhelmed and I can actually internally talk myself through that and um you know, there's little sort of things in my invisible tool belt that I've learned to implement post that and being able to sit and be uncomfortable and overwhelmed, but still focus on whatever the task is at, is at hand. Mm. So much um, power in the ability to be vulnerable in front of your clients, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think uh, the perception is from young people towards uh, like uh, whether it's uh, workers like us or teachers probably most adults really Mm. uh, especially in roles where like we have is that young people think that we have got our shit together yeah you know um and that we probably they especially um some of the young people we work with that are younger probably think that we're perfect yeah you know um and we like to appear that way because that's obviously we don't want people thinking that we're like losing it but mm. uh you know when there's opportunities or that we know everything i think that's another yeah. one you know yeah and i think if if there's opportunities whether they're uh whether you whether you uh voluntarily go down that path or unfortunately like in the situation you had which was pretty much involuntary mm. um the power in that though in that relationship um, yeah and 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 their view and the understanding i think that young people will get from that which is Ah, okay. So you're not perfect either. And yeah. so what I'm going through or what I've been through in the past is is now been more normalized mm. by seeing mm. by seeing you or somebody else go through something yeah. like that. So And for her she acknowledged that. She's like, you know, a lot of the time she'd feel really uncomfortable when she was anxious to disclose things or mm. to engage in a conversation or she was embarrassed or whatever else. And I think that just completely took out the social norms between her and I. And, mm. and yeah, she definitely, um, we did some really great work. And I think our rapport was, uh, I was horrendously embarrassed for a couple of days after. And, you know, we got home to her mum and she told her mum and her mum pissed herself at me too. But for our rapport moving forward, it actually did great things for, for her, her mm. treatment and her therapy and, and her own journey. Mm. Yeah, nice. What about you, Josh? What tell um, us about a time you made a mistake and what you learned from it, if oh, anything? Oh, if anything, far out. I had to pick off the list. Brussels sprout. Um. Yeah, there's been lots. Um, but yeah, there's one particular occasion where, um, I guess to to be frank, I just lost it at a client. Mm. Yeah that it was in a residential sort of setting. Mm. Um, so you would see the client on a regular basis. Um, and they just got to me. Yeah. And the straw broke the camel's back and I just, yeah, I lost it verbally, sort of just gave it to them and mm. wasn't a good moment. wasn't something I was proud of. Um, but what I reflected on um, was, you know, about um, how well you manage stress how well you manage your well-being outside of work mm. and identifying what your triggers are and uh, knowing what they are because then when things come up that are going to trigger your triggers, mm. it's got to be better English than that. Mm. Um, push your buttons. Push your buttons that you know how to deal with it. Yeah. And the biggest thing I think is 
I didn't know what they were. Yeah. I was younger, younger at the time, like early 20s, brain still developing, sort of working in a stressful situation. Um, I'm learning, you know, like I'm still learning now. Like I honestly don't really even think that I uh, um, like know who I truly, I, I only over the past, I'd say three or four years. So I'm really talking like 29 to 33-ish. Yeah. Do I really feel like I'm confident in who I am as a person? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, back then when, when this incident occurred, I was like probably 22, 23, something like that. Felt like I knew everything. Felt like I didn't have a care in the world. Uh, didn't probably, probably wasn't exposed to enough like education and, and support like uh, around like reflective reflective practice and things yeah. like that from from where I was working about mm. trying to identify some of these things and be aware of them and have coping strategies and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it just sort of exploded into one thing and super lucky that I was able to kind of get away with that, kind of repair that relationship, not only with the, the young person, but my colleagues who I'd let down obviously by sort of, you know, displaying those sorts of behaviors. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, learned a lot about sort of my triggers and um, accepting accepting them all and, and learning how to kind of um, deal with situations where those buttons will be pushed. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting you say that because I'm trying to think of times because I started sort of in the field quite young as well. So I was just then I'm like, how have I not lost my shit? Because like, mm. that sounds like something that I would have done. But I was working with adults at that time. So mm. you didn't get that behavior. Whereas, you know, if I think I was working with youth that were you know, they're antagonistic sometimes. They want to get in your face. They want to push your buttons. They want to know what is going to set you off. Mm. Um, I'm probably really lucky that I started out at corrections and all my clients were, you know, 18 above. And um, But if you think about it, if you were in your early 20s, the, the people you were working with actually weren't that young, much younger than you at the time. No, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, they, they, uh, they certainly do know how to, yeah, be antagonistic and push a button, um, you know, and find you know, search for what it's going to be and then push it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it was a certainly, yeah, it was a huge learning experience, something I'm not proud of, but something that I guess I feel like I can say I'm proud of now Yeah. that I can, that I feel like I manage stress quite well or stressful situations mm. quite, quite well and have the ability to sort of be ref- self-reflective um, and, and um, I think be confident to sort of say, all right, this is pissing me off. I need to. I need to step away from this. Yeah. Where before it was about being proud, too proud. Yeah. Like, no, nah, I can handle it. It's fine. Like, let's let's get on with it. Yeah. And that's just silly. Mm. You know, it's just silly. So, yeah. True. There you go. Okay. The last one mm. is: What are your self care strategies, and do you think you implement <laughs> them well? Yes. Wow. Just after what we we're talking about. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so my so do I think I implement them well? What are your self-care strategies? Yes, all right. So my self-care strategies are exercise, um, healthy food, um, being um, oh, what's the phrase for it now? Oh, I hate when I do this. Want some thinking music? Play play um new. Play New Flow by Big Brothers. Yeah, and we'll get like um, a fucking privacy. Yeah. It's about, it's, uh, I'm trying to say essentially like spending meaningful time with family. Yeah. You okay. know, especially um, my immediate family, like my wife and kids. 
Yeah. I think it's easy to come home and, and have a big day, whether it's a work day or a weekend or whatever, and just be like, you can cruise Facebook and Instagram and sort of get caught up in things on your phone or on your computer. Um, being present with family. Being present. That's what I was thinking of. Like last night, it was so sweet. My son said, can we play a game of Jenga after dinner? And I was like, absolutely. And we sat there and played. And he is five. Mm. And he, we played like a game of Jenga, like two adults would play. Like wow. it, it was really balancing. And he was very tactical about the way he moved the bricks out. And it was just such a lovely time. And then it was so sweet because he went upstairs and said to my wife, goes, Dad and I just played the coolest game of Jenga. Aww. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, imagine if I had said, and I definitely would have said in the past, Oh, not tonight, buddy. Like, just head up and watch TV and then sat on the on my phone for like that 15 minutes instead, you know? Yeah. But just being like conscious about that sort of stuff because mm. um, they fill my cup up. Yeah. You know, those moments. Yeah. Do I implement them well? It's interesting. So a few weeks ago, we, we had this conversation about trying to create these questions. Mm. And um, I guess the way that the conversation went was instead of just saying like, this is the question, you kind of said to me and I think there's a couple other people in the room at the time but do you actually implement them well like you mm. kind of but do you do it yeah but do you, you know you kind of were uh, like a directive or whatever with your question mm. which made me reflect and ever since then like I've if you if you're um, if we're friends on Instagram you would have seen me um, bombarding spamming your Instagram stories with um, my own stories about um, well-being and um, implementing well-being plans and being supportive to one another and and all that sort of stuff, I guess. I've been a little bit inspired over the past few weeks having conversations with, like, um, Sean from the Chakra Project. Yeah. We did, we had a really cool sort of online podcast. He's a legend. Yeah, that was really cool. Mm. Um, with him and just about boosting and spreading the, the word around, um, and not necessarily just men's mental health. I mean, that gets a focus, but mental health for everybody. Yeah. And implementing a well being plan. And I'm partway through a challenge that Sean set up, um, which was a 12 day challenge. Um, focusing on yourself and your mm. own well-being. Um, and his challenge was to um, pick three things to focus on uh, and they could be whatever they want because one thing that he pointed out was that your well-being is uh, unique to you. Yeah. 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 So I picked um, that I wanted to read for 30 minutes a day, which has been super easy because my wife bought me uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, I saw that. Which is really great so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to have a read of that, let me mm. know. Um, that's been really great. So that's that's been quite easy to do. Um, d- a stretch daily, which has been, I think I've probably hit the mark like most of the time. Yeah. Um, but not every time, you know, you have to admit mm. when you do maybe fall down. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was on the 12th day, which is uh, by the time we release this, I would have already done it. But on the 12th day, which is uh, on the 27th of November. Is that this Sunday? It's on Friday. Friday. Yeah. I'm going to run 10 kilometers, which for me is something I've been building up to. Um, Yeah. For anybody, that's huge. Is it? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think people that run would be like, 10K, sick. Yeah, okay. Or like people might be like, yeah, I go for a 10K walk. Yeah, try fucking run it. Yeah, okay. It is a huge deal. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad. More kudos for you, Josh. Give yourself more kudos. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, on Friday I'm going to run 10k, um, and I run. I've been running heaps more, and it's been really good. And it, the running has made me feel, uh, I guess, inspired to kind of share some of this sort of stuff. And I think the biggest thing, and I think you touched on this earlier, Nat. Someone said it. I can't remember who, unless you can remember who said 
influencers aren't really influencing anything. Was it Sean, maybe? I think it was Sean. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Like, we, we run the Facebook group. We do the podcast. I, I Like, I'm a youth worker in my work. Um, so, I guess, like, I talk the talk and I walk it most of the time, but am I walking it all the time? And I didn't want to, you know, I wanted to live more the way that I feel like people probably think I live. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome. I've really enjoyed it. I've been, I've um, had some really lovely feedback for us from some different friends of mine. Um, I've had people um, get in contact with me that I haven't spoken to in a while or that live overseas. So it's just been really cool. Um, and I just feel like if, yeah, if, there's, if I can contribute that small amount, um, then, then great. Mm. Yeah. That's a really long and winded response to that question. No, but I think there's there's been, I guess, a journey for you over the past mm. month, really, around yeah that and putting in the work and yeah. So yeah, I think it's a long winded answer, but that's because you've had a long winded. You, well, you <laughs> dedicated yourself to actually implementing the things, so yeah. you know, and there was reasons behind that. Yes, yes, there definitely yeah there was reasons behind that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, how about you? What are your self-care <laughs> strategies and how do you implement them? Oh, sorry. Do you think you implement them well? Do I think I implement them well? My self-care strategies, I'm quite a social person. Mm. Um, so self-care strategies for me is being connected with my friends. Um, and I think that's something that... Uh, actually, I'll tell you what they are first and then I'll talk about whether I implement them well. Um, yeah, connecting with my friends. Probably one of the biggest ones is spending time with my nephew because he's the biggest fucking dude, but also the ultimate distractor. Like if I think I can go there and... Um, spend two minutes wasting um, my time stressing about something that doesn't need to be stressed about. He'll sure as shit make sure that doesn't happen. Um, like his new thing is trying to get me to do backflips. So <laughs> don't have the time when I'm there to be, you know, not present. Um, you've got to be there with him. So that's, that's a big one for me. Um, yoga is a big one for me as well. Music. I love listening to music. That's a really good way for me to either prep myself for a day or, or do the cool down from a day. Um, I think that's probably uh, other than like I, I do do I do meditate and I do journal. Um, but do I implement them well? Probably no. It wouldn't be something I do consistently. Um, the journaling and and the seeing my nephew and connecting with friends it, it would be the most consistent things I do. But often um, the issue with that is that it's interactions with other people. It's not necessarily just doing something for you. Um, but I think if I, yeah, if I think about my strategies that I implement around listening to music, journaling, yoga and meditating, um, I would say I'm sporadic at best. Um, you know, even last night um, I was going to do yoga and I was like, mm, no, I'm not going to do it because if I do it now, by the time I get into bed, it's going to be 10 o'clock. And that's, um, you know, even that in itself, being able to, I guess, think about being tired for today because we were doing this so that's why I didn't want to be up too late and I'm, I'm not a night owl I'm definitely a nana uh, I'm an early riser over a night owl um, but during COVID it actually was the biggest realization for me not you know I'm at home I had no excuses journaling meditating and yoga were all things that I could have very easily implemented to take care of myself and I didn't mm. um, but 
probably being able to acknowledge that for myself is a big, big thing. Being able to say, you know, I don't get it right all the time and I don't. Um, but I think being able to have those conversations with the people around you. And we've said before, Josh, you know, you might have a conversation with somebody that inspires something in you, but we don't tell people that mm-hmm. enough. And and you did a shout out um, on your story after we had that conversation around self-care and implementing them, those strategies well, um, around holding accountable, holding people accountable or the things that, you know, letting people know when they say things to us that they do inspire us or make us feel better or whatever that might be. Um, so since you've been doing your three days and your 12-day challenge is definitely something that kicks me in the ass because I will get on to socials. Like this morning, for example, woke up, went to look at socials and your story was still up from the day before from your run and you were talking and I thought, get off your fucking phone, Nat, and read your book. And so I put my phone down and read two chapters of my book instead. So um, that's something that I'll continue to, to consciously implement. I think something for me that's really tricky is that I'm very quick to just grab my phone and do the mindless skimming of TikTok or Instagram stories or um, Reddit rather than read a book, write in your journal, meditate, do mm. some yoga. Um and probably be real with yourself that you don't have to do a 60-minute session of yoga. You can do 10 minutes and that's still still good. So I think stop setting expectations too high will be something that I work on. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think you've, you've held me indirectly accountable for things since doing your 12-day challenge, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and I actually feel so much better for it this week. Like I... Um, even something as simple as taking my multivitamins is a really big thing for me mm-hmm. um, and sort of holistic health and all of that. Um, and I have a shit ton of bottles of essential oils and my, my um, uh, multivitamins that I take every day sitting in my cupboard because I just stopped taking them mm. because a part of my routine was get to work, eat my breakfast, take them at work. I wasn't coming into work, so I just stopped taking them. Um, so, yeah, implementing little things that fill my cup um, mm. but to be doing them more consistently. Um, and I'm a bit of a... I'm a bit of a um, sort of crazy list lady. So Mm. what I've done is like my own little tracker now that I can mark off when I have done them um, rather than beating myself up when I haven't done them and being able to reflect on what worked, what didn't work at particular times of the day um, when motivation levels are probably depleted or increased. Um, Yeah, work in progress. It's a whip. 100%. It's a whip. If anyone thinks that it's not like you're kidding yourself. Mm. Um, it's funny though, I just want to add like what you, what you talked about around, uh, I think it was around sort of like managing your time and, and can yeah. you do these things? Cause I had, the, I had the realization sitting in bed last night reading, um, reading the book, Matthew McConaughey's book. It wasn't cause I was reading his book, but I was reading it and I reflected back on my day. So what had happened is, uh, I had worked all day, picked the kids up. I'm not trying to f- like toot my own horn or anything, but I just, I'll share um, it's funny, isn't it, that we feel like we, we can't do like that? We feel like we can't share, yeah. Yeah. It's... Because, it, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll share. So, pick the kids up, brought them home. Um, my wife went to the gym, so she got her, her gym time. Uh, made the kids dinner, barred them and that sort of stuff. She came home um, and then I said, hey, I really want to go for a run tonight. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, cool. So, I helped settle the kids into bed and that sort of stuff. Went for a run. I ran 9Ks, came home had a shower, we watched a show together and then I read a book. And I was like, oh, not read a book, like read for like 20 minutes or whatever. But I was like, I got all of these different things done Mm. where I think before I kind of had 
been thinking a little differently, I would have said I didn't have time. Yeah. Like, because I want to be able to watch the TV show, which is fine. SAS, we talked about that the Fuck other day. Yeah. So I wanted to watch that. And I would have previously been like, you can't do these other things because you want to watch that show. But I, yeah, I did, you mm. know. So it just shows you, I suppose, like that concept of, of sort of trying to make things work or... Mm. I don't know, some positive message, positive yeah. message. But. I remember reading a meme once and I really liked it at the time, but I didn't. So the meme itself was you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce. Sort mm. your shit out, <laughs> which I really do resonate with because I'm a big person in being like, oh, I don't have enough time for that or, you know, I'm, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it in the morning. Like just that delay tactic particularly. Um, you know, I've had a big day. If you've had a big day, that's more than like more of a reason to make the fucking time to go mm. and do your self-care strategies than to just go to bed early. Mm. You might be tired, but you honestly will thank yourself if you do, you know, a 10 minute stretch or whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thinking as you were saying that, that like meme popped up in or the quote or whatever had popped up in my head as a memory. And I remember reading it once and being like, I don't even fucking like Beyonce though. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm even trying to deflect from this quote that I found motivating. Yeah. yeah. When I don't need to. So now I'm going to think of someone famous that I really like. I've got the same amount of hours in a day as Josh and he, he's going to run oh, 10 Ks. So I need to sort my shit out. That's funny. Another good one was um, if you think you don't, it wasn't, I don't know if it was a quote or whatever, but it was like essentially if you think you don't have enough time, go mm. and check, check your screen time yeah. app on your phone yeah, and then sort of come back and tell me that you don't have enough time. Because mm. it's guaranteed that it's going to have like social media, three hours. Yeah. And anyway. you know how like another one to add to that because we like tangents, don't we? Um, you know when like you talk about certain things so then obviously your phone's listening and it pops up with shit that you were talking about because they're listening um, like you'll talk about I don't know there's like TikToks of people being like engagement ring engagement ring engagement yeah. ring into their partner's phones and then their phone will show them ads for it um, but a, a similar one was um, oh shit now I forgot what <laughs> <laughs> I said social media or screen time your screen time. Oh, yeah, sorry. It was a quote about meditating. And it, it was after we'd done the live recording of the podcast with Sean from the Shaka Project. Um, Thanks for showing me Shaka's just then as well. I did. <laughs> and then I looked at your Shaka and your T-shirt because you are also wearing the, the Shaka Project uh, merch this evening. Um, yeah, so after doing that, and I found the what Sean was talking about so motivating. I was, and I was like, he's actually put it in such a simplistic way that for people like me, I'm like, I can't avoid that now. Like it, he's put it out quite plain and simple. But it was um, a quote around meditating and it was like people should meditate for 20 minutes a day and if you don't have 20 minutes, make it an hour because it's, you know, the people that the delay tactics or I don't have enough time and mm. that's why you need the time. Um, and I'm probably one that, that avoids meditation specifically for that. But my monkey brain is too crazy. I have to meditate to to bring it back down to ground zero. Otherwise, you know, it's like the EpiPen joke. <laughs> I'd give people homicidal homicidal tendencies towards me, <laughs> I think. Too much, too go-go. Yeah. Um, great questions. I'm glad like, we came up with those together and I think that they'll be some great conversation starters for us with our guests. Yeah. So, yeah, hope everybody enjoys those. Mm. I um, think this round, I mm. like that there's... Some more cheeky ones in there. Yeah. I feel like you get a bit more of a of, of someone's person. I think the old questions, you got experience. Sure. you got wisdom maybe. Mm. Um, these ones, I feel like you get to know the person we're actually interviewing yeah. in a more authentic way. Yeah. You know, because things like their music taste or whatever else will come out in their answers or changing careers. So I think it'll be yeah 
interesting the responses well there's some responses we've had so far have been amazing but yeah coming up i'm sure we'll get some great ones too mm, absolutely um all right so changing tact mm. we we're going to be implementing um a crowdfunding um concept concept yeah, yeah for the podcast so uh people might not think about it which is totally cool but the podcast does take some finances to run yeah um you know we bought um our microphones sort of cost like nearly sort of 500 dollars um we pay 14 dollars a month to host the podcast online we drive sometimes to interview guests which is petrol money mm -hmm. um remember when you used to ask people for petty money yeah um petrol money and, and um and stuff like that so what we've set up is a and it's completely voluntary mm. um some people will be familiar with the concept of patreon mm. um we have chosen a service called buymeacoffee.com mm. so the concept is essentially that you can choose to absolutely choose to uh or not um donate money uh and the concept is that you it's like shouting you made a coffee yeah um and you can choose how much and it can be a one-off uh, donation to yeah. to the Knowledge on Tick podcast and funding the podcast, or you can also choose to um, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe or be a member and pay quite a small amount of money um, is is the option um, per month over twelve months, and so that money would go to um, all the things that I said before: hosting the podcast online, um, paying for the cost of equipment, paying for petrol, stuff like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we're gonna put um, the links out uh, online for people to click into if they wish. Um, but if you want to look into it a little bit more, buymeacoffee.com forward slash knowledge on tick is where you can find our podcast. Um, and yeah, the different options are there. Mm. And there's no um, oh, what I really liked about it. There's no um, strings. Yeah, no strings attached. Like if you sort of stumbled across the podcast and was like, oh yeah, I'll flick a couple of bucks that way. You're not going to have to sign up and then be spammed by 38,000 emails or, you know, requests to pay or fund for other things. You can do it anonymously. Like it can, it doesn't have to be like a subscription or, mm. um, you know, like an ongoing significant requirement from you, I Absolutely, guess. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the reason, uh, the reason why we've gone for that, the, that option is, um, oh, sorry, what I was going to say is that uh, if you choose to fund a podcast, the typical way, and most people will probably know this if you listen to any popular podcasts, um, is that they, they have an option where the podcast uh, normally is uh, funded by ads yeah. and a revenue or you know, funded by ads. Mm. Um, we didn't want to do that because obviously our podcast is based around like community services and supporting people. Um, and we didn't want to take up the option of having ads on our podcast for services or for products that we probably don't use. Mm. We probably don't um, have an understanding about the history in that business. Um, we don't really want to put our names to anything that we don't believe in. Yeah. Um, hence going for a crowdfunding option. But what we do believe in, obviously, is supporting the, the community services sector. And so what we're going to be doing um, for those who are interested is doing i'm calling it reverse advertising yeah <laughs> i don't know if that makes any sense but i feel what, like we tried to think if there was a different word for it but we couldn't yeah so essentially what we're going to be doing is providing advertising at the front end of our podcasts um but that is for different community services organizations 
um, community-minded events, mm. um, community-minded businesses. So things that have a community aspect to them, Yeah. please get in contact with us. Mm. Um, probably over the Messenger service on our Facebook account or if you know us personally, uh, get in contact and we will be creating short lists of advertisements for free mm. for community-minded services, organizations, businesses, that sort of thing at the front end of our podcasts. Mm. Um, yeah, to advertise the things that you guys have going on in the community. Yeah. And I think it's really exciting, something that um, often happens in the community sector. For me, for example, I've always worked in the South. If you want to know about details for you know organizations in the South, I could give it to you. But then if you came to me and said, oh, can you tell me about a program that's run out in Box Hill? I'd be like, fuck, I don't, I don't mm. actually know much that runs out of the east or the inner city. So being able to virtually network mm. with, you know, other regions, other sectors, um, not not other sectors, but other sort of programs, events, and whatever that might be, it just affords an opportunity for other people to learn about mm. other programs or, um, you know, community events that are on. I think of people that we've had on the podcast previously that. I didn't even know existed mm. before we interviewed them, you know, or, or yeah. reached out to see if they wanted to come on. So I think being able to get your reach out to more people around um, anything that's going on in the community sector and we yeah. would love for it to sort of match with our ethos of giving back to the community, not not to advertise, you know, yeah. Dan Murphy's or something. That's or right. seltzers or I'm yeah. trying to... You know, of something that we we wouldn't do ourselves, or we wouldn't um, yeah. want to advertise on a podcast. That's right. And I guess just to be clear, this isn't uh, if people give us money, we will advertise community services. It's if Not, you decide yeah. to contribute um, and and participate in that, then we appreciate that and we thank you for that. But no matter what, we will be doing this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, please, if anyone is interested, um, mm. get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, we'll start to, um, sort of start to do that. Um, yeah. at the start of the potties at the start of the potties. Yeah. Um, yeah, hmm. I can't think of anything else I want to add to that. No, I think, you know, we're not doing it. The only other thing is we're <laughs> not doing it to quit our fucking day jobs. Yeah. We, you know, we yeah. don't think that that's where, uh, this will go. No, no more around the sustainability Mm. Nice start on that. The sustainability of the podcast for us, because this is a, you know, external to our workplace. We don't get paid for what we do here, hence the knowledge on tick. Um, but mm. want to be able to continue to provide good content for you guys in a sustainable manner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So we'll put that link in and we'll probably, um, well, we'll definitely share it around uh, mm. on social media and things like that. So, um, yeah, if you have any questions about that, feel free to get in touch. Um, and we obviously support... I mean, thank you for any support that might come our way. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I reckon that's us. That's us. I think the only other thing that would be worth mentioning is if you are listening and you are keen to get on the podcast or you know somebody that you want to hear from on the podcast or a topic that you want covered, as always, please get in touch. We're more than more than happy for suggestions or recommendations or, mm. you know, if you've got someone you work with that you're like, fuck yeah, get them on, Yeah, hit us up and we'll hound them to get them on. Absolutely, yeah. We've been um, spending the COVID period getting in touch with people and keeping bookings going. So, you know, just to 
rattle off a few different people we're speaking to. There's a podcast coming out with Jeremy Nicora, mm. who's um, a very um, well-known um, community worker down here in the southeast. Uh, a lady named Jade from Project Rocket. Um, we're going to be speaking with someone who works in the homelessness sector, someone who has had uh, experience working in the education department connected to youth justice. Um, we're going to be speaking with a friend of mine who Nat doesn't know, but um, has worked in the youth field for like over 20 years. Um, and he's just an absolutely hilarious dude. So I think that's going to be a really fun one. Mm. Um, yeah, we've got a bunch lined up. So we're going to be releasing them soon. And we hope you enjoy them. Yeah. As always. Yes, because they're all good. <laughs> anyway, it's good to be back. And uh, yeah, with, if you've listened all the way through to now, then thank you very much. Because it's just Nat and I, not a third, a third party. So yeah. Just us Gasparians. That's right. It's good to be back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Please like and share the podcast, invite your friends and colleagues into the group and get in touch if there are any guest speakers you'd like to hear from or any topics you'd like covered. Take care and enjoy your week.